Gets me pumped every time, baby. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Bloodthirsty Times. I'm your host, Will I Am. It's your boy, Octavio. And I'm Emily. Now, this week, we are traveling back to Japan. Somehow, I am still stuck there. And we're going to talk about some shysty hoodlum shit. Very vague. So grab yourself some Pocky and sit back and enjoy and join us in these bloodthirsty times. Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large one. They are a product of the times and these are bloodthirsty times. Before you take us back to Japan, Will, you know, because last time it went so well, talking about people eating people. It was really a great uh-huh. time. I really had yes. a lot of fun with that, and I'm excited to get back to Japan. But before we do that, um, if you follow us, you have seen that we took down the Sid and Nancy episode because apparently 40 minutes into it, Emily's uh, track or computer just completely stopped recording her entirely. So we can't even recover it because it never recorded it. So we are, we took it down because honestly, I put a lot of effort in that episode and I wanted it to turn out as good as possible. So at some point we'll re-record it. I don't know when, but uh, I just want to let you guys know that that's why it got taken down. A few of you did listen to it before I got a chance to take it down, but not a whole lot of you. So hopefully everyone gets a, gets to listen with fresh ears and it's, yes. uh, cause it, it really, it is a fun episode. Like it's a good story and it, I put I put a lot of effort into it, so I wanted to turn out as as good as possible. But uh, and our guest has the most soothing voice ever. He and the best dude when he started talking, he's like, "Hey, can you hear me?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I can hear you." Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you, Poppy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, aside from that, uh, the only thing else I can think of is, hey, do you guys know what an algorithm is? Because if you don't. When you guys comment and share and like our stuff, it the algorithm shows us to more people. So if you like us, show us, comment. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or have seen it, but no one comments on anything, and it's kind of disheartening. I'm not going to lie. Even if you don't like us and you comment, guess what? It still helps spread the word. Yeah. It's all about algorithms, which we're learning. It's taken us a year and a half, but the algorithm is why people can't hear us because... Um, we don't have very vocal fans as it turns out we have like i said before a steady stream um i'd say a good like 75 of you are steady listeners and we and those are the ones we can count on and those are the people like hey if you actually like the show and like the episodes share them like them comment on stuff send us emails the algorithm is how we're going to get around so please if you guys could do us that favor and just kind of be a little bit more um, interactive with us. That'd be pretty mm-hmm. cool. But send other than us a that, Facebook message or Instagram message. That would actually help more than emailing us. Also, yeah, yeah. Algorithm wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's right. She I is agree. right. But yeah, other than that, uh, I guess this one isn't as bad. So I'm gonna let you talk about Japan this time instead of trying to stop you. Yeah, this one isn't bad. This is more uh, mysterious. It's. I think it's um, a fun episode. It's gonna be a sweet fucking episode, right? So sweet. So sweet, bro. Um, it's an unsolved. And I think that makes it a little more interesting, um, especially because there was a 
what they think is a big group involved within this uh, shiesty stuff that was happening uh, in Japan in the the eighties, which I didn't know about. I had heard, like, you know, when I, the you ever heard of the Tylenol murders? No. Uh, I think it was in Chicago, I believe. I could be wrong. But uh, someone had gone to the store and placed a couple, um, what's it called, containers of Tylenol on the shelf. It looked like every other thing except for they were cyanide pills. And unfortunately, a kid took it, like an 11-year-old kid took it, and he passed away from it. But a couple of the people were, had taken it and were injured by it. Luckily survived. Oh, but that's how I kind of this is relevant in that kind of way, not to the extreme, but pretty close because I mean, the other one had deaths. This one, fortunately does not. Uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. There's only that's one the, death associated with. Um, yeah. But they, even they, then it's not even because of their actions. Well, kind of anyways, no. we'll get into it, but yeah. that's how I found out about it. Cause I I'd seen that Tylenol murder thing. I'm like, Oh, relevant stories. And I, I looked this up, but uh, yeah, this is a sweet fucking story, man. Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about the Glico Moringa, Morinaga. Sorry, I got to brush up on my Japanese um, case. Well, also known as the Metropolitan Designated Case 114. Um, but basically, it was like an extortion. Is that, is that what it is? What yeah, was it again? Yeah, the Metropolitan Designated Case 114. Oh, okay. So official. Yeah, yeah. that's what the Japanese uh, police called it. Do you say Japanese? Um, Japanese? What? Oh, Japan. Like a... Oh, yeah. So I'm I was here. like, wait, is that not right? We travel back to Japan and talk about Glico. Oh, Izaki Glico, uh, more commonly known as Glico. Uh, it's an international food company based out of Osaka, Japan. And You'd probably be pretty familiar. Do you know Pocky? Yeah, of course. I know Pocky. Those okay. sticks are delicious. Pokey. I thought it was Pocky. There's a scene. Pocky. Yeah. I know and they also do those uh, pretz. It's called pretz, which is like uh, like pretzel sticks. But... Yeah, I imagine they're pretzel sticks. Pretz. Uh, the other one I know is like teddy bears or something like that. They have like these cookie teddy teddies, uh, okay. bear cookies. But yeah, Pocky would be the too. main thing. Yeah. Yeah, Pocky, and... Pocky would be the main thing. And it's a, you know, centuries-old candy company. Um, and it's distributed worldwide, uh, mostly across Asia, um, throughout Japan, as well as China and Thailand. 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 Um, but they also have a strong foothold in the American and European markets. Obviously, if you've had Pocky, you know, it's made its way to the U.S. mainland. But on March 18th, 1984, Katsuhisha Izaki, the president of Izaki Glico and the grandson of the company's founder, was just hanging out at home with his wife and, ch and children in Nishinomiya, just outside of Kobe, Japan. Izaki had endured a long and difficult day of work and decided to unwind with a nice relaxing bath. And as the rest of the family got themselves ready for bed, he decided to take a bath. Now, in the house next door, Izaki's 70-year-old mother lived by herself, and she was also preparing to head to bed on this Sunday evening, about just shy of 9 p.m., when two men wearing white ski masks and holding guns forced their way into their home. Now, she being older, 
didn't have a lot of uh, a strength to stop them. And they proceeded to bind her. And again, at the time, I guess it was surprising because the two men were not interested in harming or robbing this woman. They only wanted her for one item in particular, which was the key to the neighboring house where the son lived. It was the, the owner of Izaki, yeah. Glico. Now, moments later, the two masked men quietly invaded the home of Katsuhisa Izaki, using the key to gain access. Mieko and Meriko Izaki, I was Katsuhisa's wife and daughter, were quickly subdued by the masked men who were wielding a pistol and a rifle. The mother and daughter were quickly bound, and Miko tried to negotiate with the two strange men, who they thought were robbers, um, but again, not interested in them. They didn't want to talk to them. They were looking for the husband and began searching the house for him. They cut all of the phone lines in the process, so no one could call out. Now, thankfully, the family's two other children were allowed to sleep undisturbed in their bedroom. But these masked, masked men quickly found Katsuhisa Izaki. Damn, can you imagine when you hear about this, either from your family or the paper, you were just asleep while your family was being <sighs> like, they didn't they use the, um, the cables, like the phone cables to bind them? Bind them? Like, yeah. So like the, your family, your, your mom and sister are bound in the kitchen or whatever. And your dad's just in the bath while these two men are that just I just feel like the two kids are asleep. Like they I'm pretty sure they were much younger, but it's just like, man, that I, I always think about the extra people involved. Like, what do they think? <laughs> like what it's just they had they were just sleeping while their family was being fucking subdued. That'd be you. Oh yeah. And, and you just could sleep dead, through. dead to the world. Yes. Like, what? What happened? Huh? When that sleep pad mask then, goes on, he's dead. <laughs> And then in the morning, it's like she's all uh, flustered and stuff. It's like, man, all this happened. I'm like, wow, that sounds like a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that sounds like it sucked. Yeah. Man, or he anyway. wakes up to being dead and he's like, I got, a, I got a full Honestly. eight in. What happened to you? <laughs> Maybe if you'd fallen asleep on time, you wouldn't have to go through that. Yeah. What are you doing, you weirdo, taking that. a bath? Come on, you're a grown-ass man. So anyways. They found him because he was taking a bath. And so that's probably the most vulnerable someone could be. Like yeah, someone breaks in your naked. house and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, the, I'm in the bath. that's the literal nightmare of most people getting caught unawares naked, like just completely yeah. butt ass naked in, in the bath. That no defense is like none. That's everyone's nightmare. Mine would be just before jumping in the shower and a butt ass naked taking a shit. Because <laughs> then it's like, we don't have time to wipe my ass. I know I, I gotta wipe my ass. Shit naked, okay? This is just happenstance. I was gonna jump in the shower. I, I would I be begging, shit, up, please, please let me. I'll go with you. Just let me wipe my ass, please. Yeah, let me pinch it off, please. I don't want to be uncomfortable. Or just like put the finger up, like just, just a second. Just hold on. Yeah, I see you. I acknowledge yeah. you. Just give me a second. Let me grunt this one out real quick. <clears throat> now, Izaki being taken off guard uh obviously was screaming and prepared to fight for his family but the masked man told him that himself and his family would be harmed if he did not cooperate with them so izaki being the family man allowed himself to be taken by the masked men who made a quick getaway 
Now, Zaki, naked, was rushed into a nearby vehicle, which had been left running, and the pair sped off into the dark. The following day, a ransom demand would be made by the mysterious kidnappers, who would go on to wage an extensive, methodical blackmail and extortion campaign against the company that Izaki was employed by, Glico, and a handful of others. It's an umbrella type of company. And the abductors would later claim to be a part of a shadowy cabal, which was prepared to take on the Japanese economy, the press, and the police force. Over time, this group would embrace their role as villains and would even adopt a nickname that embodied the multifaceted nature of their crimes. They called themselves the Monster with 21 Faces. That's scary. Yeah. It is. And and the fact that they fully acknowledge that they're ready to take on everybody, like they're before they even started with the kidnappings, they were they knew the consequences. They were ready. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they didn't care. They said, hey, this is the war we're going to wage against the Japanese people as a as a whole. You know, they're taking on the company, but they're also taking on the police force. And they're essentially just trying to wage a war against, you know, these big organizations. Yeah. And, and I feel like every everything I've heard about this or at this point because it's against a multinational corporation like this. It's like, fuck yeah, take them down. Fuck, fuck these companies. Mm-hmm. You know, good, for, good for them for taking on these people straight on. I, I'm, I'm not on the corporation side. That's for sure. No, it's, it's something that us as the little people look at and be like, yeah, it makes About sense. Time. Yeah. About time. These money-hungry corporations, take them down. Take them down. Yep. And that's what they try to do. Yeah, although the whole kidnapping thing is a little much for my taste because that is a crime. But Mm -hmm. overall, I I get it. I get it. I understand. Yeah. Now, by the morning of March 19th, 1984, the investigation into Izaki's kidnapping had already begun. Now, police set out to determine a motivation for the mysterious crime and had imposed a nationwide blackout on any information pertaining to the case, as they believed that publicizing details wouldn't help them in any way. And it would actually spur on the kidnappers to kill Izaki. Now, based on the way the crime had played out, with the kidnappers first breaking into Izaki's mother's home next door to get the key, it was believed that the gunmen were familiar with the family, and they might have even previously learned their habits and the layout of their home prior to the abduction attempt, which pointed to a more personal motive. Remember back in the day when we first started doing this, uh, what, what did you used to say all the time? Um, uh, shit. Who, when me? you do the same thing every day. Yeah. When you do the same thing every day. Uh, because they were, they've been watching him. No, they've been watching him. So they knew his routine. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where you got it. I don't, case in the joint now you used to say it all the time when we had brian here um something safety man i can't think of it but uh i know what you're talking about where it's you you change up your if you have the same routine day in day out yeah you open yourself up to crime yeah and so if you change up because what i remember is talking about someone taking a shit on a lawn 
<laughs> like it's oh, 7.15 yeah. <laughs> every day. You know, so-and-so takes a shit on the lawn. They're going to know that at 7.15, you're going to be on that lawn taking a <laughs> shit. Taking that's shit. their routine. Yeah, I forgot to say, I'll look it back up. But man, we used to say that. There's so many things we used to say that we just don't anymore. Uh, it's been it's quite been a, a while. And a half. Yeah. Yeah. But essentially, that's the, the the mindset is change up your routine so you don't become a victim of a crime. Keep doing the same thing over and over again. And even though you may not think you are a potential victim, someone is probably watching. I don't say probably. I'm not trying to make people scared. Yeah, no. It's the, at every moment, someone is watching you. Watching you. It's right the mailman. Um, no, it's, someone could be watching you and they know your routine and just change your routine. Predictable is preventable? Predictable is preventable. That's is what that I what was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. This is probably it. Yeah. Because I say that all the time. <laughs> predictable is preventable. Hmm. Don't be predictable. Octavio could never not be. He would be the first one to go. If we were all being watched, he'd be dead first. Why he takes his seven fifteen shit on the lawn? I mean, he <laughs> from three AM to the second he walks out the door, he literally has alarm set. To how long he can go to the bathroom, how long he can shower, how long he can sit and do nothing, how long he can put on his shoes. Yeah, I need that moment in the morning the to sit and think about my, yeah, I need time to pet the dogs too. He has yeah. literally every second laid out. And then he goes and to it's... work and does the exact same thing, parks the same place, stays in the car for the same amount of seconds, walks to the same place, like sleep. It's just, it's very, very, very methodical and very predictable. So he would be the first to go. Except we for those days where I don't go to work at all. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. And then he doesn't leave then the house, what? so then they know where to find him. At all. Him. Yeah, at all. There's no point in no. leaving the house. Everything I own they'd, they'd be sitting in the parking spot next to where he parks. Like, like where is he? Come guy? on. Look at the time. You said he'd be here. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. <clears throat> so they were looking at more of a uh, personal motive for the kidnapping. And investigators wouldn't have to wait long to learn why the kidnappers had targeted the president of the Glico company. Because the kidnappers had supposedly left behind a ransom note at a phone booth near the crime scene, which was discovered just hours after the actual abduction. The note demanded a ransom of approximately 1 billion yen, which in American, in freedom dollars, freedom money, freedom paper. Yeah. In eagles and in salmon uh, is about four point five million Americanos. Dollars. Dollars. You didn't dollars. say one billion dollars. One billion yen. Pinky up, one pinky up, man. Yeah, a billion yen. It's a lot. Four point five million dollars. Yeah, in the 19, mid nineteen eighties, that would have been about four point five mil in freedom bucks. And what is that today in non-freedom bucks? I don't know. Do they make shit free now? Probably I'll just like, real quick. Probably like 10 mil. What is that your guess? Emily, what's your guess? Um, I'm guessing I'm about say, 10. I'm, no, I'm going 11.5. I think it's 1.6. Say 7.9. 7.9. Like as of today, as of like. Mil? Not yeah. Not that. Yeah. I'm going 11. So I think it's like 28%, per, 29%. It's the inflation rate. Too fucking high. Oh, I don't know. Mm. It's stupid high. It might actually be way more than four point. It, so if I'm going eleven, it's probably 
in the twenties. It's going to be my, <clears throat> I'm not going over, so I'm doing 11. I've watched enough. Over. I've watched enough prices, right? Price is right to know don't go over. But apart from the money, uh, they also wanted gold bullion. And it was, again, this is in Asia, so they used kilograms. It was 100 kilos or about 220 pounds. Well, be specific, it's 2.2. So 222 pounds of gold bullion, which back then was worth around 1.3 million. And this was a much harder demand to meet in a short period of time um, because you're like, give me gold bullion. The money is one thing. 12.4 million. Ah, damn. I was so close. Yeah. I would have been the closest. I was under. I didn't go over. I was 11. Yeah, I think I said 16 is what I said. So now the conversion rate of gold because it's it's different than money. Mm Mm-hmm. So do that. But they wanted the actual gold itself. So that was a lot harder to get. And this brought the grand total of the ransom to about six million in freedom bucks. That's a hell and, of a ransom for this guy, man. Yeah, it's a massive company. It's well, I mean, even then, I mean, even if someone said that today, they'd probably laugh them off. Yeah, like okay, buddy. Yeah. There's plenty of people that can take their spot in He's this economy. Have you seen those interest rates? <laughs> You can't get anywhere. Six million? I scoff at that. You couldn't even buy a house. You idiot. But he was the owner. He wasn't just a fry cook. Yeah, but they don't give a shit about the owner. He can be. Just because he owns it doesn't... He's not valuable. If he ran it, that'd be something different. Being the owner... The owner, he owns the money. He owns the income. He owns the equity the everything the gold all of that so operating and owning i would think that he is worth more but there's definitely a ceo or a cfo underneath him that could equally run the the company yeah i I, especially like if you know anything about japan and especially in the 80s when the economy was booming everywhere um it was working people like the business was like hard fought i guess like everyone was vying to get the top spot so i mm-hmm. probably they were thinking like fuck yes i can finally move up you know or whatever i don't know i don't think that anyone really would have cared enough to give in anyway that's no. a lot of money man that's a lot of money yeah and again this this was one of the largest uh ransom demands ever made in japanese history but again it seemed odd why was he targeted you know, Glico was a large company, but they weren't the biggest. Mm-hmm. They weren't the titans of the industry. Um, they were what they consider like middle of the pack, like a, like a Nabisco or something, where it's like, oh, you make stuff that I know about, but you're not General Mills or, I don't know, what are top name? What are Kellogg's? <laughs> Kellogg's. No, you're just middle, you know, you're middle ground. And... The question would continue to loom over them, uh, over the investigators, of why him? Why did they choose him? And in the coming weeks and months, continue to question themselves. But police would not have to spend long looking for Izaki himself. 
Just three days after his abduction, Zaki managed to... Just about three days after his abduction, Izaki managed to escape from captivity. He was returned to his family, and he was free after fleeing from the warehouse in the Osaka city of Ibaraki, where he had been held captive. Did you hear the story about how he got out? I did not. How did he get so, out? Tell me. So, tell me, tell um, me. It kind of adds to the whole, like, it's one of the mysteries of it because this guy, I don't know if he was naked anymore. They probably gave him some kind of clothes, but it, I just like to imagine this whole part naked. Uh, he somehow unbound himself from whatever they were using to bind him. And he wiggled out somehow, made his way through the abandoned warehouse that he was held in and like fucking karate kicked a door open on the ground floor <laughs> and made his way out and found like a couple construction workers who were working nearby and like had them call for help or something. Was it a Spartan kick out the door? Yeah, he just fucking busted that door right open, man. And again, I like to picture all of this naked. Um, but yeah. His balls he, are swinging. But the thing is, like, no one <laughs> was around. They they kidnapped him and <laughs> left him in this warehouse, and he was there for three days. And they fed him like oatmeal or something, but uh, they didn't like watch him. They weren't like remember the the Ernestina so the uh, episode where they were mm-hmm. by the door twenty four seven with guns. Yeah. No, he was just able to wriggle free of this whatever rope they were using, and then fucking bust down a door. This businessman. <laughs> run naked out into the sunset uh i don't know if he was wearing clothes or not I, i'm again in my head he's naked for sure dom definitely seeing a naked japanese up. man running to the streets they're showing up every so often though to make oatmeal for him correct uh yeah i mean maybe once a day but it's not like he's on guard 24 7 yeah I, I don't think this was thought through to that point i i don't it doesn't seem like it anyway no. Also, everyone watch TikTok videos on how to escape if you're kidnapped because it's very easily done now. Yeah, you but can, you two can escape. You know, kidnappers can watch this too and just not tie you in the same ways. Uh-huh. Or not use zip ties and use actual Or not use zip ties. Yeah. Adults. <laughs> <laughs> or do like actual nautical knots so you can't break free easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah use not everyone uses zip ties. Clearly, you guys are thinking on rope. the wrong side of what I was going for. Yeah. Well, let's hope in your case that logical. Let's hope your abductors use duct tape and zip ties because you and can get out ties, of that yeah. shit. And only use like two zip ties. Yeah. Because and I don't the know if you know ones, just a standard. Yeah. Not the ones range. I bring home from work. Not the yeah. ones I bring home from work. But you know, hopefully they only use one of those. Even then, not just like three or four. Because I don't know if you knew this, but zip ties get stronger the more you add. It becomes almost impossible. Yeah. Especially the thicker they are, you can tell. Thick old thick, fucking zip ties. Thick. Thick. Three Triple C's. C's. Yeah. Now, yeah. although Izaki was able to escape, he was unable to provide police with much in the way of information regarding his abductors or their motivations on why they did it. Now, he was able to point police to the warehouse, which was actually close to a river, I don't know, Japan, there's tons of rivers, I think. Um, but they had no clues on who the culprits were. Now, Izaki later spoke about his captivity, claiming he had a bag placed over his head for pretty much the entire time. He was given basic clothing. Mm, I, f- that. I figure he's just wearing a, a 
Potato sack. sack. Potato yeah, sack. Potato sack. Yep. Just a brown yep. sack. Brown <laughs> sack over his nuts. And fed him juice and crackers and told Izaki that his, ele- his eight-year-old daughter was also being held captive, which was not true. He was the only one being held captive. It was just trying to keep him there. Like, hey, don't mm-hmm. try and get out because we got your eight-year-old. That worked really well. <clears throat> they picked the favorite one, obviously. Yeah. And again, yeah, Zaki tactic, was able to... What was, what was that? The tactic worked really well. Uh, totally. He was like, I don't yep. give a fuck. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about so Again, he's Spartan kicked down the door, fled down the street barefoot. With his kidnappers failing to provide him anything in the way of footwear, he told police that, and then other than a few scratches on his face, his kidnappers had not harmed him and believed that they had been using toy guns, not real guns. Which, to most, was a relief because actual guns had been outlawed in Japan for some time. Which doesn't mean they can't have real guns. It's just more of like, oh, okay. Don't have to worry about that. (laughs) They weren't breaking the law. They weren't trying to add extra charges. No. Can't throw firearms charges on it if it's a squirt gun. Actually, you can. Oh, you did write about it. <laughs> What's that? His escape. <laughs> his escape? Yeah, his fucking <laughs> Spartan kick down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And in the wake of the abduction, police had established a significant series of roadblocks. They did days-long dragnet to try and flush out the kidnappers. And with the escape of Izaki, the abductor's scheme to obtain a ransom seemed to have come to an unsatisfying resolution. But that would not deter these mysterious individuals who decided to make their presence felt in the coming weeks and months. They wanted to be heard and they wanted to be seen. Yeah, and they definitely did. Um, the, the letters that they write now, how many do they write total in the like a year and a half? Oh. I think this takes place. Like a, like I want to say like a hundred. Almost like a hundred yeah. letters. There's, there's a lot, and they do a lot of like egging on mm-hmm. the police Antagonizing force. for sure. The yeah, but I think abductors did this. They wrote yeah, letters. The monster yeah. with the, the monsters yeah. with twenty one faces. The yeah. group. Yeah, the alleged group. It, I think if I remember, it was like a hundred letters over the course of like a year and a half, just constantly taunting and and basically laying out their plan like evil villains. But uh, still, unresolved. Couldn't figure it out. Now, less than a month after the abduction, on April 10th of 1984, the mysterious group that had targeted Izaki decided to set their sights on his company itself, Glico. And they set fire to several vehicles in the company headquarters parking lot and in the coming weeks, they would be responsible for a second fire on company property, which did an untold amount of damage to the Glico building itself. In less than a one week... English is hard. I'm, I'm thinking in Japanese, so I'm <laughs> translating to you in English. <clears throat> now, less than a week after the arson in the parking lot, uh, on April 16th, a plastic container of hydrochloric acid was found in a Glico company building in Ibaraki, the same city where Izaki had been held captive. 
And because the container was found inside a Glico company building, it seemed to allude to the fact that the mysterious culprits had gained access to the property itself and could seemingly be anywhere at any time. Now, along with this plastic container full of hydrochloric acid, the mysterious culprits had left a letter, which was addressed to Glico and demanded a one-time payment to end this harassment. At around the That's same nice time... Man. Yeah. That's really nice. It was. It's like, hey, we'll stop fucking with you if you pay us. Just one large lump sum. Tree fitty. Tree fitting. Just, uh, I, I got a plan. I just need some more money. I got, I got a, Arthur, I got a plan. I just need some more money. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Do Red Dead Redemption? Yeah. I played it once. Okay. Well, I have no clue. Other people will it. get it. I gotta play it. It's a you. six. It's still a sixty dollar game. That's crazy. Well, yeah, it's worth. It's worth it. That's an amazing game. Yes. Red Dead Redemption Two. A year and I almost two. It's probably two years now. It's right? worth it. It's way more. Two thousand eighteen, I think. Do you work for Rockstar, sir? No, I just love their products. I love it too. It's already bought it on Xbox, and I don't have an Xbox anymore, and I can't fucking play it, and I don't want to spend sixty dollars again. It's worth it. I, I know, Arthur. <laughs> anyways, anyways. <laughs> At around the same time, a similar letter was sent to the media, which seemed to be taunting the police. Like I said, poking the bear who had failed to apprehend or even identify any of the individuals involved in the kidnapping and harassment plots of Glico. To the stupid police, are you idiots? If you were pros, you would catch us because you guys have such a high handicap, we're going to give you some hints. If you didn't know, they were from France. No, I was. it was a mix between like French and like regular terrorist. Okay. From, like, the movies, anyway. Yeah. I was going to say, what does a regular... Yeah, the stupid police. Is? Yeah. <laughs> Just what Just every terrorist sounds like in movies. Yeah, generic yeah. bad guy. Generic bad guy talk. The letter went on to include the following hints. The getaway vehicle in the abduction of Izaki was gray, and that the abductors had purchased food from a well-known supermarket chain. They further taunted the police by speculating... Should we kidnap the head of the local police? That was brown. A little bit. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Let it slide. Dracar Noir. Yeah. Dracar. Dracar Noir. This note was signed with a moniker, Kajin Nijuchi Minso. Very good. Which was later translated into the monster with 21 faces. <laughs> nice. What yeah. were they? They were Japanese. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep up with the voices. Sorry. Oh, okay. They were Japanese. Yeah, that, that was definitely somewhat Japanese. Yeah. This is Japanese, yes. <laughs> I can't see it, but they bow. Yeah, yeah he, does, he did bow. <laughs> he did. can't see, but they bow. <laughs> so now in May of 1984... The mysterious group of individuals who now started to call themselves the monster with 21 faces began to send numerous letters, not only to Glico, the candy company, 
that they were trying to extort for millions of dollars, but to the police and even the press. Their letters all shared the same sarcastic tone and carried the same nickname, Kajina Nijuchi Minso, the mystery man or the phantom with 21 faces. And that's loosely translated. Menso in Spanish is like dumbass. <laughs> Pinche menso. Yeah. <laughs> Not in Japanese. No, it means faces or monster. I don't know mm-hmm. what it means. One of those. One, yeah, it's either it's one of the words that's monster with twenty-one faces. That's what menso is. Some one of those words is menso. Mm-hmm. And again, this moniker or this facade that they were using um, was actually from an early 20th century series of Japanese detective novels. So it wasn't something new. They didn't was make up with, this. It was like the man with 21 faces, right? Or 20 mm-hmm. faces, some shit like that? Yeah. yeah. And so they... Isn't that a show or a movie? Maybe. Maybe? I wouldn't, sure be, su- I wouldn't be surprised, but... Yeah, this is an old story. I assume someone made a movie out of it or a show. Oh, I didn't mean like it had anything to do with this. I thought like it was just oh. something they stole from maybe. I don't know. I, it might be. I mean, it's, I no if it seems like it's kind of like an anime, maybe, or a manga. I don't know. Ask your sister. Brina, yeah. tell us, please. <laughs> I don't hear anything. No. <laughs> didn't hear it. Now. Mic's off. Nope, still nothing. See? <laughs> <laughs> Now, the monster with 21 faces began to make illusions that they were lacing glico products with potassium cyanide. Again, cyanide. That's all you need to know. Right, that's the key word here. Cyanide. Potassium, yeah. Cyanide, death. Potassium, bananas, delicious. Cyanide, not so much. You got cramps, potassium. Leave out the cyanide, though. (laughs) Dead. I mean, unless you want to get rid of those crabs forever. Yes. And then cyanide. <laughs> up to you, though. Uh, totally up to you. I'm not telling you how to live your life, okay? <laughs> and this was scary because if they had done it properly, it could result in hundreds or thousands of deaths. Because, again, they were lacing candy products and candy, putting them on yeah. the shelves. And who eats candy? Emily. Emily <laughs> eats candy. A lot of candy. Tons. She would. She would have actually. Japan would have been safe because she would have just bought all of it, and no one else would have got any. Yeah. Exactly. There would have been one death attributed to. The <laughs> no, I think she just. I would have bought it stomach. before. She would have stomached it all. She would just handled it. I think it, it was one of those. Probably handle it. <laughs> it was one of those miraculous things where he had. She had so much potassium cyanide that it just rendered it useless. Yep. Very yeah. rare case. You're a medical miracle that's that's true in more ways than you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) very much so good (laughs) (laughs) as i sit here eating candy oh you gotta keep that sugar up and i did look at the container to see if they were was it glico (laughs) (laughs) i don't know they're these thingies hazelnut thingies okay hazelnut i just they were like hers or what no they're Cream-filled wafers. I thought that they were like those pocky Ooh, things, though. Cream-filled, huh? What do you mean you want one? Those are my favorite. I know. I love them. But guess what? They're made in or distributed. In, 
Madison, Mississippi. We're good. Ooh. Okay. Oh, hometown hero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Sorry. Mass poisonings, oh. death. All that stuff. Hazelnut wafers. <laughs> <laughs> Not from Japan. Move on. Sorry. But this was a threat to extort Glico of large sums of money. Now, with the threat of poisoning their products, Glico pulled all of its products off of the store shelves. And this created a huge loss for the company because they had to pull roughly $21 million worth of products from the shelves in an effort to figure out whether this threat was actually real or not. Yeah, I don't think they could take that chance either way. Like, even if it wasn't real, there's just the public. These letters are going out to the press and everybody. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows about this. And if so, you like, don't do yeah. anything about it, it makes yeah. you look – that would kill a company quicker than pulling $21 million of your own product right. off the shelves. Yeah. Sure. So do do we actually know the I know we I know about the twenty one million of product, but what do you think with the fires and the other fire, and just like in general the chaos cause? What do you think they cost Glico? Oh man, um, my guess is it's I think total you're looking probably in the billions. Just from overall, just the drama. Just that this yeah, caused. just over the damage it caused because we I'll People talk about a little bit when, when yeah we talk about the stock. Um, prices oh, okay. and their yeah. loss um, in the stock market and, mm -hmm. you know, that heavy toll, because that's huge. Like, no one thinks yeah. about uh, a company's worth um, in the stock market because that can make or break a company. Right. Yeah. That's what, Once that's you become a publicly traded company, um, your stocks are everything. And if yeah, you take a huge loss in the stock market, like, you're, you, you could essentially kill a company by yeah i'm sure we'll talk about it in more in depth later but i was just wondering like how they stayed afloat like that's what i was thinking right now so i'm sure we'll talk about it later but it's just man that's it's it's insane like even if they didn't succeed in some of their ventures they still hit really glico really hard mm -hmm. pockets ain't empty cuz they really aren't and i think they were subsidized as well i think the government stepped in I think they were a big staple in the Japanese market. So, and it works a little bit different than like the American market. Um, other than the buyouts, the government buyouts for Ford. Who do they buy out? Didn't they, they give like them the, the handouts? It was like, it was like GM, Ford. Oh, yeah. Talk about the bailouts? Yeah, the bailouts. Sorry, bailouts. bailouts. But they yeah. also did it to multiple yeah. banks, too. Bank so. of America, Wells Fargo, you know. Which the is ones that need it. Yeah. crazy, but it's, right. that was a similar thing going on. You have well, a we, big staple in the Japanese uh, industry and market we, and going a whole episode about fucking government we, bailout. Yeah, we couldn't have that bubble pop, man. That'd be bad for everybody. Um, when I say everybody, I mean the companies. It would be great for us if that bubble had popped in 2008. Oh, but, you for know, sure. Yeah, you know, whatever. Whatever. <clears throat> fucking, I'm not bitter. No. I'm, bitter. I'm not bitter. Politics? Who needs them? Government? Who needs I'm not you? Bitter. I'm not fucking bitter. No, fucking not. You're bitter. I'm bitter. <laughs> now, again, this was like the part of the irony with the threats is when they had to pull all the product off their shelves, 
it cost him more than three times the amount of what the demand, like the ransom demand was. Yeah. Yep. It, <laughs> That's a massive they could have just paid, they could have paid the, the money and they would have been no. fine. No, they but themselves. they said, we don't. No, they wouldn't have. They would not they have been fine. You pay that much money, then they know what they can do. They can go further. They probably would have done this on top of that, and then they would have been out everything. Oh, so you're I mean, part of the, the monster with 21 faces? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds like, this sounds like... This is insider information. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying that's like the most logical explanation. Like, I mean, if you know that I, they're worth more than that, why would you go for small, like... Crumbs. It wasn't. It wasn't small though. It's still not small. It was still that, a compared lot of to million. six million, compared to their twenty-one 21. million of just product they have to pull off the shelves. That's not including stocks that are going to crash. It's not including people losing weight. Um, you know, that was lost an wages unexpected and... uh, byproduct of the attacks. I don't think they knew that if we said, "Hey, we're going to uh, poison all of your product," it's going to cost them twenty-one million dollars. I mean, I know the company for, I mean, you can't run a company. You don't know exactly how many, how much money you have in your product. Yeah, so. but it wasn't the, the people that were, did the kit, the monster with 20 faces didn't like, they don't have that insider knowledge of what their actual product amount is. No, I'm just saying. They knew they, they were going to take a hit, but they probably yeah. didn't expect $21 million worth yeah, of, no. and, ju- and that was At just product. Point, it just seems like they want to completely yeah, ruin they just took everything for they him. Just... They took that loss. They just ate it. Yeah, this seems really personal. Yeah. It's a big middle finger to the face. Like, oh, okay, you're not going to pay us the money. Then we're going to do this, and it's going to cost you even more. I don't know. With the do letters pay, and stuff, you... they also seem like they're playing a really like significant long game. Yeah, but like in that case, do you pay people the ransom in hopes that they're not going to do what they're threatening to do? No. That's a we slippery don't slope. With terrorists. No. Okay. We don't if, with if, terrorists. <laughs> oh, if, if someone if someone abducted Luca and said, "Give us a million dollars and we'll let Luca go, harmless, harm, sorry about not you. a not a hair on his head." If you had the million dollars, do you pay it? Sorry, sorry Luca. And, we don't negotiate with terrorists. We're American. Yeah, yeah we're Americans. Do you pay it in, in in hopes that they don't hurt him? I or mean, in my position, my personal position, if I had a million dollars, like I feel like. I wouldn't be, that's not like a significant amount of money. I don't own a company. I don't have as much money as this person. I'm not in a position where they can steal me or my child and then demand billions of gold and but the question, billions of cash. The question, was, is, the question is, what do you pay? Yeah, the question doesn't change. If I don't have anything else, like that I don't think, if I don't think that anything is going to continue after that, then probably, but like I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, okay, I would. unpopular it's fine. opinion. The, the, it's fine, I would. The, the I just mean like if I was in his people, position. Yeah, the, the, well, I'm putting you in your own position of if you were in a, my kid was abducted and I have the money to pay the ransom, do you pay it in the hopes that they're going to be kosher with their deal and say, we'll let them go unharmed? Or do you not? Because you're like, if even if I pay the millions of dollars, how do I know that you're not just going to take the money and run and kill my kid? I think that's the... In that situation, yes, I would pay the ransom. But I'm saying like in this case, this okay. story's specific situation, I don't feel like that even if they'd paid it in the beginning and he hadn't escaped, that it would have stopped is what I'm saying. 
like this story that's, specifically. Yeah, that's, that, I don't that's like they why, you know, the government says we don't negotiate with terrorists because we give you the money. You're still going to fucking do what you want to do. Exactly. Now you just are richer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you fuck us even more. Yeah. And so we talked about the $21 million of product that mm -hmm. they had yeah. to pull off the shelves. And now we'll talk about the stock market because it took a major hit. About $130 million were lost in Holy shit. stock market sales. That's $130 million. That's a lot of damp. Do we know how much their stocks were worth total? No. They were probably in the billions. They were a big That's company. A so. massive chunk to lose. Even at, yeah. No, even if they were, massive, even, even, yeah, even if they were at a billion, you take a 10%, 13% hit on your stocks. That's huge. Yeah, because after that, everyone else is going to jump ship. Mm -hmm. And Glico had to lay off about a thousand employees. That's even though of none of the recalled products that they pulled off the shelves appeared to have been tampered with or poisoned. I it mean, that just... sucks. That sucks that it, it turned out to just be a a threat. But you got you really again. You can take that chance. Are you really just going to take that chance of? You can't. Not when it comes you really to can't. the, Not the when, yeah, public's the... well-being. Like you it's can't. Just... And how does the government would have allowed them to take that chance? Like in the U.S., oh, no, I don't think formula no. shortage and stuff like that. There was only like, I don't know, a certain percentage of cans. Well, they stopped production, and then you saw there was a formula shortage in the middle of a pandemic. So, like things like yeah. that. Like I don't think they had a choice either way. No, they, no, they definitely did not. I agree. But it's no, just, it, it's, it, it, it'd it's be just, like I guess here. It's, it's a harder hit, more like it's a bigger fu to the face that it wasn't. It was all for nothing. Yeah, it was. It was fake. Mm -hmm. It was a, a hoax, and it cost him a hundred and which, which ultimately 50, seems to be the, the goal one million here. dollars. Yeah, the, the goal seems to be to just screw them over in any way they can. Yeah, it doesn't seem they're not trying to hurt the public; they're trying to hurt the company. Yeah, very personal. Mm -hmm. And during the next several weeks, another fire would be started on Glico property, adding to the myth that this mysterious organization was always present. And again, just they were everywhere. Yeah, and, I mean, that's kind of comes with someone with the monster of 21 faces. It's kind of established that it's a gang or a group mm -hmm. of people and you don't know who they are. Yep. I'm also getting like real big um, inside job vibes. Are you? This yeah. man was in, in huge debt or something. He needed to get out, and he just needed all this. Oh, you're talking about Izaki. Uh, Izaki himself. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like um, Fargo. You ever seen mm. the movie Fargo? No. Yes, but I don't remember. Fargo, it. North uh, Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota. Um, uh, I think I've heard. He has his his uh, he has his wife kidnapped. Um fake yeah. kidnapped right. because yeah. his her father's super rich and it's a scheme to get money from the father similar the movie like, it goes with ben affleck no i was thinking that you're talking about radio no it's a uh, buscemi steve buscemi is a bad guy mm -hmm. uh the main chick um i don't know her name i don't know what she, movie i'm thinking it's of. a hard north dakota accent <laughs> they talk like this north dakota uh, yeah 
I know what you're saying, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. I'll have to watch it now because that's not exa- at all what I thought that movie was about. Just about oh, it's really movies. yeah, it's it's super it's super good. It's a super good movie. Again, it's like Steve Buscemi and his beginnings. Hmm. Yeah, great movie. Hmm. They made a series, uh, TV series with it too. So, is Ben Affleck in that? I think Ben Affleck is in the TV series, not in the. He's for sure not in the movie. Okay. Um, I think he might be in. And again, I think I've maybe watched one episode of the series. Uh, Jamie, I Jamie it. pull it up. Jamie, there's a whole bunch of like Fargo. situations or movie shows, or whatever, are obviously like inside job things or whatever. But this just keeps mounting, and like there's not any actual physical harm from the start, really. And then they not really. I don't know. It's just very. I don't know. It's not. I just um, feel like it could be a way damn, out. The TV show is star-studded. Holy crap! I, it is, but definitely Dude. not Ben Affleck. Martin no. Freeman. Lee Martin Martin Freeman. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk, Jesse Ewan Clemens, McGregor, Chris Rock, Holy Colin God. Hanks. Mar- when did Mary the show Elizabeth come out? Winstead, 2014. Oh. Patrick Jesse Wilson. Clemens. Oh, they seem yeah. to have a lot of the guys from Nick, uh, Nick Offerman from Breaking Jeez. Bad. Yeah, because Jesse Colton. Clemens was in. Is it the same uh, person? Yeah, Bad. yeah, I, yeah. Jesse Clemens is a really good actor. And Bob Odenkirk. Is it the same director? Patrick Wilson. Um, I'm trying to look. Hold on. Anyways, we should probably move Jeffrey on. Jeffrey Donovan. <laughs> Dude, I need to watch the show. So Brad the Garrett? Brad Garrett? You know Brad Garrett from uh, the Ray Romano show? Yeah. So the movie's from 96 that has Steve Buscemi and William H. Macy, the guy from Shameless. Mm-hmm. It's got a... Uh... It's a great... Oh, it's such a great movie. Huh. I wonder what I'm thinking of with Baffleck. I don't know the new Batman. Anyways, or... we really need to move on. We yes. really need to move on. Yes. <laughs> Going on tangent about m- random movies now. Um, but anyways, they got another letter from someone claiming to be a part of the Monster with 21 Faces, telling them that if they pay them $1.3 they would end the harassment for good. Another ransom demand. Oh, dear uh, dumb police officers. Don't tell a lie. All crimes begin with the lie, as we say in Japan. Don't you know that? And again, these the letters seem to be addressing sentiments shared by invest sentiments sentiments <laughs> shared by investigators and police officials who claim to be close to catching this mysterious, the mysterious culprits or the mysterious group. And they refer to these investigators as poor, stupid cops, and. In one letter, even teased police for failing to intercept a phone call with Glico administrators. You thought you could fool us, dressed up in your nice businessmen's blue suits, acting like salarymen, but those shifty eyes, those shifty eyes gave you away. The movie's Argo, not Fargo. Argo, yes. One letter off. Oh, Samsonite. (laughs) Way off. And the letter's continually blame the police for just failing to catch these guys. They're giving him all these hints. They're saying, catch us. Here's information. You're not doing it. We're going to keep sending you letters, you effing idiots. No, I didn't want to cuss there. And I said the same thing earlier. (laughs) I don't don't know why. I said effing this. (laughs) I think it was in my head of like, I'm trying not to cuss because I don't want to offend people. 
You <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> and, you know, they gave police no doubt that the letter writers themselves were the people involved in these crimes. And in another letter sent to police in Cushing, the monster with 21 faces wrote, Why don't you keep it to yourself? You seem to be at a loss, so why not let us help you? We'll give you a clue. We entered the factory by the front gate. The typewriter we used is panwriter. The plastic container used was a piece of street garbage. Monster with 21 faces. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, that was I definitely think... a French one because there's 21 voices here I can use. 21 people. All right. Yeah. We got a couple more to go. Yeah, a lot more, yeah. And at one point, the police actually thought they came close to identifying a member of the group themselves because they found surveillance footage that showed a man wearing a Yamayuri Giants <laughs> baseball cap in a convenience store. One more time. Yamayuri Giants. It's uh, the local baseball team. <laughs> He's did he bowed again, just so you're aware at home. He you bowed one, one more. Yeah, I did. Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yamiori. Yes. Because I saw this guy wearing this ball cap and was wearing a business suit and glasses. And he yeah, appeared that's not to be suspicious at all. No. <laughs> baseball cap with a full on business outfit? No. It's normal. Totally. Biz, biz cash. That's totally biz cash. Yeah. That's fucking, you know, casual Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it looked like he was putting tainted Glico candy on the shelves. And the footage was only looked at after someone noticed that the Glico candy, which again was the one that was being recalled at the time, um, and it wasn't being sold. So they're like, hold on a second. This is a little weird. The police distributed the clip of the video and still photos to the news outlets, hoping that someone would identify the man. Again, they were hoping it was one of the members of the Monster with 21 Faces. And again, this is an unsolved case, so no one knew who this guy was. He's unidentified, remains unidentified, and became known in the case as the videotaped man. <laughs> I gave him a cool name. You are the videotaped man. man. They, the Japanese, Japanese authorities, really good. man, they're really creative. They mm -hmm. are. The case itself being known as the Metropolitan Designated Case One Fourteen, and they're like, "But one up you. We're gonna add in the videotaped man because that's what he is. Because we videotaped like him. Man B, Man C. The young hoodie, Giants B. baseball cap man." She yeah, just said man, man A, man B. Man C. Man, man D. Andy. I'm skipping C from now on. Okay. Man C? <laughs> just reminds you of Archer. Yeah. <laughs> you of all Them people would know. Mancy? Whoop. Well, yeah, we expect that. that. Oh, oh so fucking Yeah, we're, again, we're going to play a drinking game where every time Emily doesn't know a reference... You have to take a shot. Yeah. Don't die, he's, though. He's doing a phonetical alphabet. You know, like yeah. A is in alpha, B is in bravo, and he says M is in mancy. And then... <laughs> but like, mancy? Thinks, but uh, what's, what's, <laughs> what? guy, what's his name? Uh, what is the other guy's name? He thinks he's saying Nancy, so he's taking offense to it. Yeah, the cripple. Yeah. 
Anyways, again, so many tangents today. So on July 26th of that year, the Monster with 21 Faces seemingly issued a peace treaty and a letter sent to the press, which was addressed to our fans throughout Japan. In this letter, the mysterious group announced that they were going to be taking it easy on Glico moving forward. The president of Glico has already gone around with his head hanging down long enough. We would like to forgive him. They then wrote that they had become bored with this affair and we're going to head to Europe to escape this nasty Japanese summer. Hey, fool, Japan has gotten terribly hot and humid, S.A., so when we when our work is done, we want to go to Europe, S.A., Geneva, fucking Paris, London. We'll be in one of these places, dog. Let's bring Pocky, the traveler's friend, fucking delicious Glico products. We're eating them, too, dog. We're fucking eating all of them. How oh, shit, you in dog? January of next year. Hey, fool. I fucking see you there, dog. That was my stoner. Yeah. You guys are really going for these 21 different like your, faces. That was your stoner Mexican. Well, I, mean, I naturally I almost, Mexican. Yeah. I was trying to hop in with you a little bit. <laughs> hey, fool, like it's, it's like a hot and humid. I know. Shit, We're fucking dog. eating all them snacks, dog. All the fucking, all the pots. Hey. Bring all that shit, dog. I'm fucking hey. all, I don't care. Did you say Geneva, dog? I've never We're going been. to Paris, dog. Paris, London. Oh, shit. The Eiffel it's Tower down. shit. It's going down. It's going to be lit, fool. Leaning like Tower Kesha. of Pizza? Shit. Oh. Kesha. She talks like that? It's going down. Oh, I'm not <laughs> yelling timber, though. I'm not, though. I'm not yelling timber. It's just all I pictured when he said that. What? Leaning Tower of Pizza? Shit. <laughs> Fuck. Should have got fucking full Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. Oh my God. <laughs> we are all ADD today. We really yes. are. <laughs> now, these new letters kind of shocked the police, and they actually made good on their word and they moved on from Glico. And this seemed to have happened with no provocation, as Glico officials denied paying any kind of ransom or giving in to any of their demands. However, it quickly became clear that the monster with 21 faces was nowhere near being done. They simply had turned their attention from Glico to other companies, including rival candy company Amoinanga, as well as House Foods Corporation and Marutoi Ham. <laughs> One of the companies targeted by this mysterious group was named Marudua. Now, this company is known as Marudua Food which has primarily created meat products such as sausages and hams. And in the weeks prior to ending their feud with Glico, the monster with 21 faces had begun harassing Marnoy. And on the same day that they offered the peace treaty to Glico, they agreed to stop harassing Marnoy. What the fuck? And only... You follow? <laughs> you get two Ma more. Marnoy. <laughs> you get one more. Okay. Now, they would stop harassing Marandoy if they paid the ransom of 50 million yen, or about 250,000 American books. If they agreed to these terms, they would be provided with detailed instructions on how to deliver the money two days later on a train headed from Osaka to Kyoto. Now, on this day, June 28, 1984, a police investigator disguised himself as an employee of Marudoi Han 
hopped on the train to Kyoto, where he was on the lookout for a white flag hanging outside. And as soon as he saw this flag, he was supposed to toss the bag of money he was carrying where it would be, and then it would be picked up by a member of the monster with 21 faces. Now, while riding this train, the officer noticed a suspicious-looking man who he presumed was watching him. Again, this is a cop trying to be undercover. Yeah, they're not very good at it. I can imagine a business Japanese person is super, like, uptight and, like, just high-strung. I can imagine a cop... Yeah, dude. But like, who set this rule? Wave a white flag and throw the shit and just be done. Like, that was what? the, the yeah, ransom note. Yeah, that was details. the ransom note. Yeah. Hey, when that, you that's see how this white flag. This is toss it out. Drop the money. I'm sorry. These are rookies. Like, and then the train, the thing is, shit. the train will keep going and they don't know when the white flags can come up. So it's a, it's actually a good plan if he were to follow instructions. Doesn't seem like he did. But um, yeah. yeah. Terrible, <laughs> I, terrible undercover policeman. <laughs> just, so you say he's just seen a guy and he uh, look like a man. Look like a man. Look like he worked from Marudayan. <laughs> so I take it at this time, though, like in the 80s, food was their biggest. It's still like, a huge market. No, it is. I mean, Japanese saying, like, love their fucking food. Now, like, yeah, but if you think about it like now in like today's world like tech is so much more easier. And It'd be like Oscar Mayer heart, in the you know, 90s. No, I just meant like that's like their biggest income for their country, their biggest like their ex import export, like that's like their biggest commodity, I guess. So like yeah, here, like, probably now I, I you think... hit tech. That's why we have these mm-hmm. when hackers are, you know, doing ransom shit now, like everyone freaks out about internet being because that's like our biggest, you know, scare, Import. I guess, now. Yeah. Yeah. Like we we're worried about more about the internet being hacked than we are about our food fucking being tampered with. People still eat pulled shelved food all the time. We just had Jif peanut butter pulled off the shelves in the U.S. People are still eating that shit. Can't take my peanut butter away. <laughs> so you're looking like a man. Have something to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> Your dog? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Rough. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mister Undercover, Mister Worldwide another one uh saw this guy who he thought was watching him and he would describe this man as being large brawny with short hair glasses and eyes like those of a fox now he kept a mindful distance to this man but made a note that he seemed that this guy was eyeing him the whole trip to kyoto and he kept him within his eyesight for the entire train ride the officer waited to see the signal to toss the bag full of money, which was the white flag outside of the train, but it never came. So he rode the train all the way to Kyoto and prepared to take the next train back to Osaka. He noticed that this fox-eyed man was taking the same train back to Osaka. And after making it back to Osaka train station, the two got separated, and the investigator dispatched another undercover operative to tail the man who eventually lost his trail on another Kyoto-bound train. The fox-eyed man, as he would later be known, became the public face of the monster with 21 faces, even though he wasn't confirmed as actually being a member of the group. His actions that day just put him on the police radar, and although he wasn't identified, he would become the primary suspect that the police were looking for in the Morinaga Glico case. 
To be honest, he was probably just another terrible undercover. undercover. <laughs> Imagine if it was another yeah. another cop. Yeah. They're just like eyeing each other. Like, you look suspicious. And like they're doing and it from suspicious. different departments. So they're trying to help each other out like by having two cops there, but neither one of them know who the fuck the other one is. So just yeah, it's like, like when, staring like when, at each other. It's like when cops from other uh, jurisdictions do a, a, a prostitution bust and it's actually yeah. like, the cop is a prostitute. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Hey, hold on. This is a precinct, you idiot. Wait, you're from the 31 precinct. Shit. Yeah. They're yeah. just eyeballing each other across the like, <laughs> Don't be suspicious. Don't, Don't be, suspicious. be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. And the, the white flag was probably there, but neither one of them were paying attention. <laughs> yeah, they were just too busy just staring, staring each into other. each other's eyes. Yeah, imagine, imagine being the guy waving the white flag, like, and it's gone. And then they what? come back again. There they go again. <laughs> white flag, white flag, white flag. And next it's time, gone. Next time, just step on the tracks. Just waving it, waiting for the bag to drop. <laughs> Wee! You missed What me. does eyes like those of a fox mean um they look like a fox i was yeah. gonna say what like, does the fox say um foxes don't have squinty eyes do they they have like wide yeah, eyes yeah it is no it is squinty i i was i wonder if you guys had a different take on it i looked it up and, and i really, thought of you i really all i could see on the internet which i don't think is what they mean because this is an asian person describing another asian person but a fox-eyed man is just like your stereotypical slanty Asian type thing, where like, oh shit, that's kind of yeah, that's what the internet says. I don't okay. think because this is an Asian person. Google said another it, Asian person. not me. Yeah, no, no, I'm just saying what said I found. Octavia said it, not me. Man. No, I'm I'm saying what I found. Like, I'll and now you said it. So you now we have all three said that on this podcast. And in you un... said it in a derogatory meaning. No, I, was I was reading Google. I Google was not being anti. derogatory though. I apologize to anyone I offended. I was. I mean, not even being like derogatory. so. There's a. A Send us an email. Two years ago, at <laughs> there was a beauty like there's. I was being serious. Like that's kind of what the internet is saying. Like yeah. what you think of your typical, and I say slants because there's a 2020 beauty trend called the fox eye, and people were calling it racist. Oh, that's like it, they, they put the. I thought foxes or is it foxes or fox? Fox, fox? eye. No, is it like the multiple? <laughs> fox eye. Plural. Plural ver whatever. I thought they Multitude had open fox. eyes. Oh, Who gives eye. a fox? Who gives a fox? Just I thought they had wide eyes. That's why I was asking. I don't know. Because I mean, if is... you're saying a, I'm sorry that that squinty eyes, um, mm -hmm. was what they were calling him. That doesn't seem like to be a standout ish thing for. But the if you also look at the um, if you look at the the image, it is stereotypically Asian. I can't see shit except blue. Oh, that's the guy from the Morinaga case, yeah. Yeah, this is him. This is the just drawing of the like, He just looks like a Japanese That looks like man. something a third grader drew. Here. You look Japanese. So... Yeah, that, yeah. I was just wondering what that meant, because I, I thought it had meant, like, shifty eyes. Maybe, like, he was, like, being weird. They're just yeah. tinier, tiny eyes, maybe, too. Not just squinted. No, I think, I think like it's just, smaller like... Smaller than... Smaller than they squinty. should be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, so following the um, following the dispute with Glico, the monster with 21 faces began to harass other companies, but no company earned as much of their ire as Morinaga, which was the other candy company that was based out of Tokyo. Letters similar to the ones addressed to Glico were sent to Morinaga, 
hinting at all kinds of doom and gloom. And these letters seem to have been written with the same type, indicating that using the same typewriter, mm-hmm. um, with the same grammar and sarcasm, indicating that they came from the Osaka region of Japan. However, unlike the previous harassing letters, these letters seem to carry a much more urgent threat. One letter, in fact, was mailed to a Morinaga office in Osaka, which demanded a ransom payment of approximately $400,000. And this letter happened to contain about 30 grams of sodium cyanide. So what's the difference between potassium cyanide and sodium cyanide? It makes you wonder, right? I can't sorry, hear Sorry, my mic was off. I'm sorry. That makes me think if that was a typo earlier because, um, like, when well, you're saying... Potassium cyanide and sodium cyanide. So. I know, but, like, I'm, I'm saying, like, if one of... I'm, I'm wondering if they're actually... They use the same thing because... Mm-hmm. Well, it's cyanide. I like, I don't think this is just something you can go to the stop and rob down the road and, you know, pull off the shelf and it's easily accessible. I don't think so. No, it doesn't sound like it. Anyways, it's still cyanide. Lethal. And it seemed to prove that the monster with 21 faces was willing to make good on their, th- on their threats and made the next several months incredibly painful for Morinaga. In October of 1984, a letter was sent to several news agencies in Japan, which had been addressed to the moms of the nation, in quotes. The moms. The MILFs. It carried with... Please continue. Yes. <laughs> It carried with it a similar message that had been seen months prior. When the monster with 21 faces had threatened to lace dozens of Glico products. To MILFs throughout Japan in autumn, when appetites are strong, sweets are really delicious, dog. When you think sweets, no matter what you say, it's Morinaga. We've added some special flavor, you see. The flavor of potassium cyanide is a little bitter. It won't cause tooth decay. So buy the sweets for your kids, dog. We've attached a notice on these bitter sweets that they contain poison. We put 20 boxes in stores from Hakata to Tokyo. You heard? Yo. He would I say, dog? Cyanide, motherfucker. So the difference isn't significant enough, but yeah, there was a reason just why a, they did. It's like a binder, would be my guess. Um. It's the difference. The key difference is that sodium cyanide and potassium cyanide is the sodium cyanide is produced via treating hydrogen cyanide with sodium hydroxide, whereas potassium cyanide is produced via treating hydrogen cyanide with potassium hydroxide. So it's like using Stick mayonnaise instead of mustard for your binder <laughs> in burnt ends. Yeah, it's like ranch instead of mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sodium cyanide was an inorganic form. rather Inorganic than or inorganic? Inorganic. Okay, so not organic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Was more of an inorganic. Okay. Right. Now I know more about cyanide. Thanks. Thank God. You're welcome. The more you know. Sick. And so with that threat, police began to search stores and cities all across Japan and actually found more than a dozen of these tainted items. The poisoned treats. They actually tainted. Was it? No, you're saying you actually they actually found tainted ones. Yep. Oh. Yeah, they found <laughs> uh, Morinaga choco balls <laughs> and angel pie, and placed Salty. them. Salty yeah. chocolate balls. Salty chocolate balls. Also angel pies. 
And they were placed on store shelves in Osaka, Kyoto, and even a department store in Nagoya. And at least six of these items had an actual lethal dose of cyanide, which was like 0.2 grams, which is the lethal dose for that. That's very minimal. It's a small amount. It's just like fentanyl. Small. Okay. Yep. Get you going. Just a little bump. Yeah, just a little. How you doing? <laughs> um, pick me up. A little, <sighs> or a little knock you down. Or to kill you. Or a little kill me. Or to kill you. Mm-hmm. And within their search, um, they they looked through tens of thousands uh, of items, and it was discovered that the laced items had been given obvious typewriter, typewritten via typewriter <laughs> labels, which read, "Danger contains poison. You'll die if you eat this." The monster with twenty one faces. That's nice she of was, them. She was American. Yeah, she's just that, Emily. Yep, she was. Emily and in the coming weeks, yeah, it's okay. You can't do J- Japanese. That's fine. Yeah, I forgive you. Um, and in the coming weeks, more letters would be received, which seemed to hint at a repeat offense. In a follow-up letter, the mysterious extortionist, uh, the, uh, the mysterious extortionist wrote, "Morinaga is the best when it comes to confectionery, but their products now taste a bit better since we have added a special seasoning of." Sodium cyanide. Well, how are you doing? <laughs> also, 5% of a teaspoon is the deadly um, amount of sodium Threshold. cyanide. So 0.2 grams? <laughs> I don't know how many grams specific. I don't know. Tell me a quarter of no a teaspoon. Idea. I don't know. I don't know what means. any of that means. You guys are not speaking English right now. Uh, I know a tablespoon, and that's about it. And... This time, the culprits hinted at the lace packages that they were not being labeled, which would make them more identifiable. Identifiable. A similar panic for Morinaga products began to play out as it happened with Glico. You know, the company's candy, their biscuits and cookies, they pulled them from the shelves and they tested them all for any traces of cyanide. And Morinaga suffered about a 60% dip in sales, which had a similar effect on their bottom line as the Glico extortion attempt. 60% so is a huge dip. That's huge. That's a massive, massive hit. And Morinaga being a slightly smaller company, um, they let go about 450 employees. Uh, and the stock price dropped. So much that the Japanese government had to step in and encourage private investors to buy either more Naga products or stock to help keep the company afloat. A government buyout. Oh. Or a government... At least a handout, maybe. A, or a, a hand up. The, a push yeah. on the bottom. A little. Yeah, don't hey, go under. Get in there, big boy. Yeah, don't. Uh, we're not going to let you... You're not going to fucking drown today. I got you. I got you, baby boy. I got yeah, you. I got also, you. the level of accuracy on that percentage is insane because 4.2 grams is how much a teaspoon is, and 5% of that is 0.21 grams. That's awesome. So, math. Good job. Good job, Billy. Math. Well, he's not the one who did the math. Just, no, I didn't do the math. Someone else did the math. Oh. And I, so they, I, they, they put in the effort. I, thought you I did typed it. out the math. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Just math? Come on. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. 
No way. Do you the way know it was me? written, I oh, thought you did it. No. That's why I was shocked. I don't do That's math. That's why I looked it up. No, I don't do math. Thank you for looking it up, though. You're welcome. So in February of 1985, police would find several more laced Morinaga products in Osaka, Tokyo, Kyoto, Hyogo, and Achi, indicating Achi. that... Achi. Bless you. Bless you. Um, indicating yeah. that the monster with 21 faces, they weren't bluffing. For real. They were making they were making good on their threats, and I tell Maybe you, they just really threat. like candy. Because Gator don't play no games. No, Gator don't play no games. If I'm gonna put cyanide in your products, I'm putting cyanide in your products. In November they of '84, like uh, they just really liked ham and candy. They wanted it all for themselves. Yeah, they like to go in their ham. Yeah, they like to slap cheek. <laughs> oh my God, you know cakes. <laughs> the hell is wrong with us today? <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's a goofy day. It really is. I was goofy when I woke up. Woke up. Walked up. Worked. Walked up. Worked up. I woke up. I woke up like this. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a weird day. And in November of 84, the monster with 21 faces had started harassing the House Food Corporation, which is a company that is mostly known for curry and tofu products. They also do snacks, noodles, soft drinks. And one of the first letters that they received read, Nah, we are the culprits involved in the Glico and Morinaga incidents. If you do not want to become another Glico and Morinaga, put out the cash. If you don't respond, well, we'll poison your products. Yeah. And with that letter, the monster sent out a batch of poison curry, which, again, was an ominous warning of what would be distributed to the public they if they did not them? eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But how did they actually know it was poison? They tested it. Mm-hmm. At this point, they're testing everything. They're testing everything. They threaten it. They're mm-hmm. testing it. And so after only a couple weeks of harassment, the House Foods had decided to pay the ransom of 100 million yen or about... 400 to 450,000 American dollaros. That's a handsome settlement. That's a good amount of money. I'll take Seems it. Seems lowballed to me. Well, this is 84 as well. Yeah, it's 84. 84 money. So that's probably close to a. I think it'd be 2.8. No, I'm just saying lowball compared to like from start to now, like what they've been asking for and stuff. Like that's But just this so- is a different company. Yeah. They're starting fresh with another company saying, like, hey, how much are you going to pay? And they paid. And then they were given directions on how, where, and when to deliver the money, which is going to be dropped off at a location marked by a white cloth on November 14th of 1984. The location was in Otsu, a populous city in the Shiga Prefecture. And it went according as planned. Except the police were involved. Oh, they were tearing they the... Uh, damn the shit up. So they started tailing the van that the house food employees were using to transport the money. But then when it came time for the employees to drop off the money in the garbage can, it was found that the money drop had been called off. Now, the white cloth, which was supposed to be draped over a canister, was laying on the ground, indicating that the deal itself was off. However, because of the heightened police presence, investigators were on the lookout for their only known suspect, the fox-eyed man. 
who had been described at length by the officers that had previously seen him. And in the area of this drop-off location at a rest stop along the Mission Expressway near Otsu, a police officer actually spotted the individual, the fox-eyed man. But he escaped without being detained or identified. I and later, he took off like on foot. Yeah, he just bailed. Yeah, he just outran the cops. Yeah, it was a fox. There's so many things in this past like paragraph that are like just absolutely astonishing. It's like a movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. This is literally a fucking movie that happened in I, real life in Japan. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Just too, always, but why would just always thing, right out of reach. Why would the ship be laying on the ground? Mean that it deals off. That would mean someone would have to that, go there, pull it off, and lay it on the ground. Meaning mm-hmm. they could get caught. I would think that shit just got blown off and accidentally landed on the ground. Um, deals on, bitch. We're still doing this. Okay. I think have you, so. have you been in a situation like that? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, tell why you, would hey, that be the one thing? This white cloth's going to be draped over a canister. If it's not on the canister, if it's on the ground, that means the deal's off. Get the fuck out of there. Mm, the wind. <laughs> I... Yeah, the, the thing is covered, and I think they said that if it was covered, that means it deal's off, but it's, it's probably the wind. I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. And then we, we don't have no, the story. No, no, covering and all of that's different. Like, I'm just thinking, like, draped over and then on the ground could have been an accident is all i'm saying that's what i would have thought anyways fox-eyed man got away uh it was later learned that a suspicious station wagon had been seen near the drop-off location a short time before the actual drop the vehicle had been idling less than 50 meters away and in fact about an hour before the drop-off had been arranged a police officer that was not involved in the undercover operation had approached the vehicle Fucking asshole. <laughs> fucked it cops, up. Cops ruin everything. God, stop being a cop for once in your fucking life. Just let a man sit in his car. Let a guy loiter. <laughs> <laughs> so what if it's against the law? <laughs> You're loitering. <laughs> Throw you in jail for loitering. Straight to jail. Loitering asshole. Um, and so he walked up idling car and he estimated that the man was uh in his 40s about thin but sped off quickly and as police had pursued he got away so police started looking (laughs) for the the fuck is wrong with this i don't know these police officers are like the flunkies of the fucking academy it seems like every one of them it's japan they don't do car pursuits. Have you ever seen a fucking police pursuit in Japan? They don't do car pursuits. They don't do um, money laundering, drop-offs. They don't do anything, seen, apparently. Have you ever seen a police pursuit you, in Japan? No. Have you ever seen Tokyo Drift? They say that if you can go faster than a certain kilometer per hour, they don't even try. They don't even they chase, you. chase you. Yeah. That's I mean, true. It's like, and everyone knows Tokyo Drift is based on factual information. All of this actually happened. But I'm not even talking about the car, car thing. Like The dude was on foot earlier and he got away. Like, come on. Yeah, that's kind of funny. He just what booked it and got away. Yeah. Ran. And, that, and there wasn't just one cop out. there. Gosh. Apparently you can get away with anything in Japan. Maybe they've stepped it up since then. Except for weed. Don't bring weed. No. Anyways, they started looking for this car. And it was later found abandoned a short distance away in Kusatsu. Investigators learned that the station wagon had actually been stolen from Nagakakyo, 
and someone had installed a police radio inside of it, which allowed them to listen on the police conversations. This revealed how the monster with 21 faces always seemed to be a step or two ahead of the police. Starting to make sense now. Yeah. Investigators would later speculate that the mysterious group of criminals had never intended to accept the money. Rather, they believed that the monster with 21 faces had been observing the police to see how they reacted to the situation and to learn more about these undercover officers' tactics. They're just straight up playing games with these cops, huh? Mm-hmm. They like learned it. nothing then because there were no tactics. They, they just learned that Popo can't run. They were running around like Patrick and SpongeBob in that stupid meme or gif or whatever. Just fucking in flailing one, their arms and confused. Just in one door and out there. God. So following the close call with police in Shiga Prefecture in November of 84, the monster with 21 faces continued to harass house foods for the next few weeks. And then in December, they began to take aim at yet another company. Vijaya a Japanese retail and restaurant chain. Entering in 1985, they would begin to steer most of the harassment towards Fujiya, ultimately demanding that the company scatter money from the rooftops of two skyscrapers in Tokyo and Osaka. They're just getting more brazen by the request, huh? Like, all right. I just feel like they're trying to take a whole entire food chain. Hey, what's this? Hey, take a million dollars, throw it off the roof. (laughs) I bet you. I bet you can make it do it. I bet you they'll yeah. do it. I bet Watch you. I bet you, hey, I bet you. I bet million bucks they'll do it. What, how tall is it? 120 stories. Hey, yo, throw this root. Throw this money off the roof and watch it fly. And we'll you catch it. Should have asked if they took checks. Just throw Just one a single giant check. check off. <laughs> one yeah. check. <laughs> one giant check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Try to catch go. it. We did it. We did yeah, it. Then they go down below. Everyone's just like trying to catch it. <laughs> so in January of '85. Police, which had withheld most of the details of the case, decided to publicly release a police sketch of this fox-eyed man, who had now been encountered near two of the supposed drop-off locations. With him now being seen by multiple officers, they were able to settle upon a police sketch for him, and he became the second image released by investigators hoping to identify members of this group. And in the next month, February of 85, the monster with 21 faces continued to target Fujiya and Moyunaga, who they had circled back to once again. However, now they began sending threatening letters to two new companies, Miji and Lotti. And as the candy-centric holiday Valentine's Day approached, officials feared that a second wave of mass poisonings would begin because they found tainted Moyunaga candies on shelves being laced with cyanide. But again, the packages were clearly marked and easily identified by authorities as being the fake ones. Yeah, because they said, hey, there's cyanide in this package. Yes. Literally. They're Literally, making, like a sticker again, says, hey, you buy this and eat it, there you're going to be eating cyanide straight up. I figured it out. They weren't trying they to weren't kill trying, people. But no, that, they, they want everyone to just grow their own food. They don't want any of those artificial, artificial flavors, to... preservatives, nothing. They want Grow all your food. own Pocky from your Pocky field? <laughs> they want all the unnatural shit off the shelves, and they want you to grow your own food. That was the whole point of this. I've solved it. Cracked the case. Yep. Way to go. Damn. How do these police... All these police aren't very good, I guess. No. You got to Somebody... hire Emily as a PI in Tokyo. <laughs> She'll solve your candy 
culprit. <laughs> She'll get to the bottom of this candy shenanigans. Candy caper. I'm going to lose sleep over this case. <laughs> you ever heard of the candy caper? Emily solved it. <laughs> yeah, no, you haven't because Emily didn't let it get that far. Yeah. No. Sustainable Pocky. Duh. <laughs> So over the next several months, investigators continued to hunt for the individuals behind the Monster of 21 Faces, who had now been harassing, extorting, and blackmailing companies for over a year now. It had already become clear to the public that police were no closer to finding or identifying the members of the Monster of 21 Faces than they had the prior summer. And an editorial in the newspaper, Yamiuri Shimbun, contained the line, we do not recall a case in which criminals have made such fools of the police. And now, the members of the public had enough of the shit. And they begin to heavily scrutinize the police for failing to capture these individuals. Rightfully so. As Lizzo said, it's about damn time. It's about damn time. Pump me up. And about my nails, something, something, something. Got my hair good. And as far as everyone else was concerned, the police had not yet even been able to curtail these individuals for a year. This has been going on for a year, and they they only have the fox-eyed man and the videotaped man. Can't forget about him. No. There's two. You got the Mm -hmm. fox-eyed man who look like a man, and then you have the videotaped man who look like a man. (laughs) <laughs> and that's all they got. Biz Cash and Fox Eye. Mm-hmm. That's it. So that summer, Suji Yamamoto, the 59-year-old police superintendent of Shiga Prefecture, was relieved of his post and reassigned to the National Police Agency. And now, he had over... Was that? Sorry, uh, real quick. The, this is obviously you're going to go into a big deal, right? But the thing is, I remember, I forget where I saw it or what link he was on. If I find it, I'll, I'll post it. But it said something like, this was such a big deal because the police at the time had like a 90% success rate overall. Oh, I don't believe that for a fucking second. Well, no, they did. That's why this is such a big deal. That's why there's so many letters straight up mocking them because the police, like thefts were solved like they actually got the shit back murders were like seriously like a 90 percent solve rate like these motherfuckers uh, are literally putting cyanide candy in their hands and they're like huh what that's that's why this is so ridiculous that's why they're straight up sending letters mocking them to their face because they were this time in japan or especially this area they were really good at their jobs even now they just japan has a very low crime rate so this is like especially in tokyo in these major cities like they do a good job, and again, it might be heavy-handed compared to our law enforcement, and we might think our law enforcement's heavy-handed until you go to another country, and they'll fucking whip you, and they'll beat you for small crimes. Like, oh, you stole? Okay, we're going to give you 21 fucking lashes. Wh- what? Yeah, I, was, I think I was going to pay $200. If, I'm probably <laughs> way off on the numbers, but you get the gist, like... Compared to America at the time in 84, the murder solve rate was like 54%, and then the theft was like 17% result. They just, what? It, I also cops think that the situation the like, they were also in not in the same position, I believe, like financially, possibly, like socioeconomic 
situation was different over there than it was here in that time frame also yeah i'm sure they had a lot of money to be able to pay for the resources to do this no, however saying, that's like, why people didn't steal or murder as much like they did here because we were, i mean but that's not know, that's not, not the point the success rate is still a success rate yeah but um that's the, that's why like as the citizens called for him to be removed because they were used to the police getting this done quickly and efficiently and obviously as the supervisor or the superintendent he's also feeling the 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 pressure of guilt. not yeah, having the, yeah not having yeah. a solved case like this yeah, is they can't look good and and as we know um japanese culture is heavily like based on honor and stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah. so it, this is probably a huge hit to this man and he probably agrees with the public that he should step down it's, it doesn't make it any easier again when we when we talk about these these crimes that happen in other countries and we have to realize that their view on things is a lot different than ours and yeah, their standard is way different than way, we can like, imagine. like japan their their standard on civil behavior is way higher than ours way higher do we have a standard we really. we have a set of laws i know that, that people I know florida don't... florida doesn't have a standard no you can places do whatever have, you want florida places in florida do but not everyone is that's the uh, it. it's a disney world <laughs> they the, have a standard uh, that's the dick of America. Sorry, scourge. Um, but they have laws. Just people that don't want to follow them. Right. And when you go to other countries, especially like when you, I've never been in Japan. I want to go. Mm -hmm. But when you see how clean their city is for being such a high population, a crazy high population, it's like Los, like double Los Angeles, and you're in Tokyo. The amount of people. It's probably yeah. even triple to be honest. Um, but super clean streets. Like, everything is clean. It's just they hold people to a higher standard. There's not a lot of crime. It's not like people are rich over there. It's, no, it's they not. have They have more pride in their culture and their and country their, and, and their city. Their yeah. Their and, things, yes. They take very so, much. It's the same pride. thing with the, with the crime there. Like, they, the police officers there, like, they do have guns, but not a lot of people there have weapons and they just honor that job and it makes their job the law enforcement into a lot easier because they have citizens that you know obey the law so they don't have to it's a better working relationship you know yeah and i think they do a good job of of solving crimes because of that you know this was a one-off this was an organization that wanted to create chaos and wanted to hit some of these major companies for whatever you know, whatever reason it may be. You know, mm -hmm. they don't agree with mass corporations preying on consumers, whatever it is. But <clears throat> Soji Yamamoto was the superintendent that was overseeing this investigation, and he got relieved of the investigation because he failed to solve it. And he had so prior the the whole like she got prefecture um, with a stolen station wagon. Uh, he failed that quote unquote operation, and he apologized to the public for his officers being unable to detain the individuals. And then following this dismissal, it became clear that this was the biggest failure in Yamamoto's professional career. So on August seventh, nineteen eighty five. 
days after being removed from his position and reassigned, he doused himself in doused himself in kerosene in his backyard and lit himself on fire. He committed suicide by self-immolation. That's insane. That's sad. But he took that personally, I guess. And that's the the I mean, whole honor thing. It's, yeah. I I had a job to do. I failed my job. I don't have any more honor. I'm going to kill myself. And it's just like <sighs> Buddhists back in like you know Viet, in like the 70s, 80s, and when they lit themselves on fire in protest, it was a similar thing. That's a tough way to fucking kill yourself. That is the most painful yeah. way to, yeah. to go out. Ah, uh, that's rough, man. That's and you, you, you know, can't this is, even imagine that pain of light yourself on fire and, and this is dying. The, this is the only known casualty of this whole debacle, correct? It is. It's the only yeah. known, yeah, known fatality. They can't associated with, yeah. associated with it would be the best. But way. I mean, think of how many uh, fifteen hundred people lost their jobs because of this, at least, mm-hmm. and so many people lost millions of dollars on this. I I feel like there's more we don't know about. For sure. There, there probably is. It was the only one that was. I don't know if anyone was... has anything that's labeled still to this day on eBay for sale. I'm going to look it up. Oh, that'd be worth a lot that, of money. From yeah. that, uh, with the sticker on it? Yeah. That'd be worth it. Yeah. With the sticker on it that says this has cyanide. I think they might have confiscated all of them. I think that'd be, that'd be smart anyway, just because in case it's telling the truth. Because, you yeah. know, it's yeah. a 50 50 that the sticker is telling the truth. But I don't, even if you could find it, it'd be like an artifact, like, um, I, like something like what's her name? Uh, the Eileen Warnos's underwear. Like it'd be an artifact like that. Who? I, serial killer Eileen Warnos. Oh, okay. Yeah, her uh, the underwear she was wearing Who? before. The underwear <laughs> she was wearing before she was executed by the state um, is on display. I think in the New Orleans House of Death. What's it called? Excuse me. Museum of Death. Museum of Death. Tongue, tongue at least. No, it's just no. There were prison issued underwear. Yeah. Like no. But it's along the same lines. Why just her? I would figure they would. So fucking weird. That's what they have. They would use tongue. Yeah, she was also wearing a whole ass prison uniform. Do that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I forgot what they call it. There's a there's a name for it. It's like murderabilia. Murderabilia. I think that's the name for it. I think that's the actual name for people who buy and sell murder related items i'm pretty sure that's like dark web shit too i don't think so it's so, pretty popular cyanide like, lace like, candy would be like you know that the, the little postcard i have of john wayne gacy that's based off a real picture that people buy and sell he, gacy's not allowed to make money off it but people can trade it and buy and sell it amongst themselves and it's it's a huge commodity in the in the murder billion world anyways yeah, sorry go let on. me get them let me get them panties so. i'm just disgusted anyway, by that so Dude kills himself, lighting himself on fire. And on August 12th, 1985, the monster with 21 faces sent their last known message to the media. And in this letter, they pointed out single police officials that had been overseeing the investigation into them and their crimes and announced that they were stepping away from their pointless crusade. Uh, Yamamoto of Shiga Prefecture Police died. How stupid of him. We've got no friends or secret hiding place in Shiga. It's Yoshino or Shikata who should have died. What they have been doing for as long as one year and five months? I don't know. Don't let bad guys like us get away with it. There are many more fools who want to copy us. 
no career Yamamoto died like a man. So we decided to give our condolences. We decided to forget about torturing food making companies. If anyone blackmails any of the food making companies, it is not us, but someone copying us. We are bad guys. That means we've got more to do other than bullying companies. It's fun to lead a bad man's life. Monster with 21 faces. And just like that, they were gone. What the fuck? The last recorded message ever sent out for the Monster Tournament phases. So after this final letter, the entity calling themselves the Monster Tournament Faces was never heard from again. Now other groups would try to harass or humiliate public officials with the same methods. And basically, they were copycatting. Straight up copying. But they were nowhere as successful as the Monster with 21 Faces. And despite the individuals disappearing, the hunt to identify them would not cease for several years. Following the suicide of Superintendent Soji Yamamoto, public sentiment had completely turned against the monster with 21 faces, even those that had originally admired the group's goals of sticking it to the man. Yeah, that's a, poking clearly at the where people draw the line. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, fuck them corporations. Who cares about their money and their loss? Who yeah. cares? But, you know, now someone's died. And it's directly as a result of the shenanigans. I get your mindset about fuck those companies, but, like, this is food. This is, like, how people live. Like, it's not like they're fucking with, like, a shoe company or something. Like, you could buy other shoes. Like, this was their entire, like, way well, to... Well, it seems to have hit the entire industry as a whole. That's what I'm so, saying. So, like, these people, the... they were probably scared to fucking eat anything. Yeah, at... that does suck. And that's, they probably, that's they something probably that... were, but, again, they weren't trying to hurt the public they put notices on these products saying don't eat this it's cyanide yeah but yeah. even if then, you you would still be very leery and worried about anything because what if one day they didn't have something on it you know just the fact that they were putting the shit on the shelves labeled or not labeled is still scary because it was still being in the public's yeah. like reach so the fact that they were going out of going after primary and only i guess food making companies is terrifying because at that time yeah i think that's imagine, the point though Mm-hmm. Put every like it's a such a thing you cannot but not to ignore. hurt the public. They're, they, I mean, they put warning labels on it, and they did not. It doesn't seem like they intended to have anyone actually perish. So when this guy perished, they're like, "Oh shit!" Duh, fuck. Yeah, okay. we should probably. This joke has Yo. gone too far. Yo, they're not paying us any more money or anything, and some dude. Yeah, from what I understand, shit. they never actually received. They never picked up any of the money at all ever. From what I understand. A lot of, yeah, the drops were never successful. So, but, you know, they started using the information that police did um, that they obtained over the past year and a half. And that was from the photographs of the man that they called the videotaped man. And also the police sketch of the fox-eyed man. They also released a recording of a phone call made by the mysterious monster with 21 faces um, and that was a ransom that had been called in by what sounded like a woman and a child. And this audio clip was spread by the media in an effort to find someone that identified either voice, whether it be the woman's or the child's. They even set up a tip line so that people could call in and hear the voices on a pre-recorded message. 
And despite this leading to thousands of tips from the public, it seemed like none of the tips led to a solid suspect or person of interest. Tens of thousands of police officers were ensnared in this hunt. And not only detectives trying to figure out the identity of these unknown schemers, but police officers that were tasked with staking out grocery stores and increasing the frequency of their patrols in areas around convenience and department stores. It was estimated that at least a fifth of Japan's entire police force was mobilized to work on this case. And in some way, between 1984 and 1985, one of the major issues when it came to this investigation is that there seemed to be no clear-cut motive. They didn't. None. They don't they know why. They, were, yeah. they no. couldn't figure out why they were targeting these companies. They knew, hey, we're targeting these food companies, these food distribution companies, but they didn't know why. Maybe they didn't have teeth, or they had really shitty teeth, and they just didn't think that diabetes. Who knows? Artificial shit they put in food, which I know it's more regulated over there than it is here. We have everything in our foods in the U.S., but over there, I don't know. That seems plausible. Yeah, they they didn't know. And even then, like all the ransoms that they were trying to collect, they never collected on. So all the money they were like, give us this amount of money. The company said, sure, we'll give you this amount of money. They never collected the money. And this led police to believe that there might have been an ulterior motive. Political? They don't know. They were looking into extremists on the far left and the far right. Likening this crime spree to a more peaceful version of the campaign waged by Belgium's Brabant Killers during that same time frame, which was in between 1982 to 1985. And several theories have floated about their potential political leanings. However, other than some mild platitudes released by investigators, they don't know. Dang. They don't know. Hmm. You, do you guys know? Uh, well, I have two. Well, there's, there's two theories. There's probably that I a like. lot. There's probably a lot of. Well, um, two before we're kind of running out of time here, but two that I want to talk about before we go. Uh, one was the fox-eyed man was actually identified later because he's pretty unmistakable, and I think his name. Yeah, I found it. Manabu Miyazaki. Manabu Miyazaki, and uh, he um, was. He looked just like the fox-eyed man um, sketch, just okay. like him. Like. Completely just like him. And he actually put out a book. Uh, I think I heard, I forgot where I heard it. I think it was a, uh, I want to say a YouTube video. Um, God, I wish if I, I wish their name to give him credit, but um, they, in the video, they said that uh, the dude put out a book like right when the uh, statute limitations was over for this case. And it had the Fox eyed man, uh, sketch on the cover basically like it wasn't he didn't admit to it in the in the book but he's like a, a yakuza guy and he admits to all kinds of crimes in the book just not that one particular not the crime Morinaga. okay yeah not not the monster 20 piece but he uses the, the friggin' fox-eyed man sketch on the cover like that's kind of like a f you to the cops like i'm using that fucking sketch of me try and uh, so, pinpoint me to this fucking case i dare you yeah yeah. And then the other one that I like is that uh, Glico in the 50s, I want to say, had um, accidentally poisoned a couple kids. And I think some of them died. Uh, a few, And some of them were heavily injured and had long-lasting effects from it. 
And those kids grew up, and in 84, they were about 30 years old. So a group of them, maybe 21 of them, could have got together to get their revenge on Glico. That's my favorite theory. I like that one. I like that one a lot. That, and that's and that's and if you think about it, that that's plenty of motive. They just wanted to fuck with their bottom end because they fucked with their lives. And so, how else do you take down a company if not by their money? Yeah, and I think targeting the other major food distributors was another way yeah. to get at the industry. That hey, you In need general, to yeah pay more attention to your fucking product. Yeah, make sure you know you, what's going out. Yeah, if you release something that poisoned kids. We're targeting all of you because they probably they all have very have, low, like they have I'm very sure now it's regulated, but not in the eighties. I'm sure no, it was I mean, very, even then it was more regulated than like the U S has ever been. in even today. Oh, it's for sure. For sure. Still, but they were still more regulated than we are. And we, I don't know, like we just put shit and whatever and people will eat it. They don't give a shit, but yeah, over there's there, fluoride in the water over here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just comparing things, it's, that's crazy. But like that does kind of make sense, but it doesn't make sense to me as to why. Okay, so how many years was it that between the kids getting poisoned? Like I think 30 it was almost 30 years, 30, 30 years exactly. Yeah, I think. by 30, yeah. Okay, so the, the owner of Glico was probably not the owner at the time those kids were poisoned. The mom would have probably had a little bit more of a target than the son or the actual owner at the time. But then again, once that company was targeted and like had already had issues in the past, they've probably been, you know, towing the line since then, and like really been dotting their I's, crossing their T's, whatever, to keep from being in this public spotlight or in a negative light again from the happening. But going after the other companies doesn't really show. I feel like they're just like today how these companies, like groups give themselves these stupid ass fucking names and then they just go after whatever they want to go after. And then there's never really an end goal. No, that it's, happens it's, all it's the time. Like the, it really seemed like draining like the, them of their, of their property of their worth is the main goal. But food is just something so weird to me. Like everyone needs food to live. That's just no, that's, really that's the odd point. to go after. Yeah, that's the point. Like the, the new, like the new age SJWs, right? of mm-hmm. just like picking a cause and yeah. putting all your effort Blindly, into yeah. taking down a, a company that in your own mindset doesn't agree with your values and the values of what the human population. Yeah. Like when damn Cracker Barrel added vegan options. Can't believe they didn't did that. Hobby Lobby. I can shut her down. Bunch of racists. Just the food thing. Like, I understand what you guys are saying. And, like, I hope that I'm getting out what I'm saying correctly. But just, like, going after food. And it doesn't seem, obviously, they didn't go after every food company in Japan. Like, that's not possible. Because they seem to have gone after a lot of candy-making companies, specifically, Mm -hmm. except the ham one. Like, that was mentioned. Yeah, the home foods. That's why I think the, the children being poisoned is my favorite one. Because it started with the candy company and then they saw that they could make a difference by making them pull from their shelf. So they thought, what other companies do we see as corrupt? And they just kind of expanded onto the food industry. But I do get your point of like, in your head, I feel like you're saying food is kind of like a don't fuck with food, like rule, right? Like it just seems dumb to it's do just, that. It's, seen, it's not the same thing as like shutting down like a Nike factory because kids are making their shoes. 
yeah. whatever. It's yeah. not oh, like hold on. shops or whatever. I'm just Nike's saying like there are other things. Staple to my wardrobe. I'm not okay. I could say any brand. I'm just naming a you know com- a large, large, large yeah, company yeah. worldwide. So like food, like even the people who are doing this and you know causing this ruckus, those people still need food to eat also to stay alive. Yeah. So shutting down, like crippling their you know. I don't know, food Candy. system yeah. distribution. Like all of it, because at this point, no other company, even if they haven't been targeted, no other company is just sitting comfortably in their offices and all of their food on the shelves and not worrying about a damn thing because you don't yeah, know everyone if feels on next. notice. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's probably pulling all their shit. Mm-hmm. Everyone's and the only reason that's my main like thought is like it's like an SJW type thing because of like this the formula shortage in the US where it was not an issue with like an accidental poisoning. Like there was a we have one main manufacturing, huge manufacturing warehouse that does that for most of the formula companies. And one little mistake that, you know, accidental, whatever, and they had to pull all the formula. And like, there are babies out there who were not getting the formula they needed, that they were having to send shit from other companies or other countries. And like, people were trying to help each other. And so I feel like that's a situation where everyone probably had to band together. And maybe that was their thought process is like, think about what you put in your mouth more maybe lean towards more organic yeah. needs yeah think about Shut what up. you put in your mouth and maybe yeah, don't put a lot of pocky in your mouth i don't know yes don't eat as much if sugar you, if you take so out the p and yeah, put a c then yeah, you can talking. also see it from that point of view emily it is, I, don't, I don't know it could be just like an anti-sugar thing anti-sweets like you're ruining our, our youth with your damn Candies. sweetness or just like what that co- those companies stood for, their actual ingredients and their me- methods of yeah. manufacturing, They're, things like that. I don't know. How just, dare they profit off obesity? And not in Japan. All right, so check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Bloodthirsty Times, um, Twitter and TikTok at Bloodthirsty Pod. You can email us at bloodthirstypod at gmail.com. But we would really love it if you would send us Instagram or Facebook messages to interact, like, comment, share. Even if you don't like the, po- the post, share it, comment, like it. Talk shit if you want. We don't care. It yeah. still boosts the algorithm. Or, or be nice, because I like when people are nice. And just let be us know nice what, you, what you think about this case. Why were these companies seemingly tacked for no reason? How come? Why come? Was it one person? Is the monster with 21 faces actually one person? Or is it actually a group of people? You decide. What if it's Q? Ooh. Ooh. Spicy. Ooh. All right. Hmm. All right. Love you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.